Welcome into the September 23rd edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Ben Brown. Today, I'm joined by Eric Eager. We're going to talk a little bit about Monday's player prop action that we saw. There was quite a bit of line movement, a lot of things switching back and forth. So there are some fluid markets and situations that we wanted to dive into deeply. We're also going to hit on some college football action. We have the SEC coming up. Um, and so it's going to be a great week of college football. We finally have some matchups between our top 25 teams. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. Eric, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing okay. Last, you know, you know, Monday night, it was like the props on the site. I think we went like 11 and 8. It was like two units up. But the stuff that we got down on, I think did really, you know, we had done so well the first two weeks. And then uh, the stuff we got down on last night was not, you know, so the site had a Josh Hill over, which I think he took one catch to get. It had... Um, you know, we I think we bet Edwards under yards, but not right. under receptions, and the under receptions hit. Uh, I don't think there was an interception prop for Derek Carr, or uh, yeah, Derek Carr, and so you know that one on the site, but we couldn't find it. So it, it was just an interesting one. I one of one of the ones I want to point out was you wrote up a winner, which was Alvin Kamara over five and a half receptions, and I believe at the time that you wrote that up, it was. A plus money prop. So, in right. other words, to you to win over, you know, if you bet a hundred dollars and it hits, you win over a hundred dollars. By the time that entire, by the time like the game, you know, by the time it was time for us to bet it, that number had moved so substantially that the under actually had value as well. And that's you know, to our luck last night, that's actually what we ended up betting. Uh, and of course, it didn't hit given all of Camara's receptions. Yeah, it was interesting just to see how fluid these markets actually are. Um, you touched on it, like the Brian Edwards picking and choosing basically between receptions and receiving yards is kind of a difficult thing. But the the other interesting thing that I saw last night was like this idea of one specific player kind of uh, far exceeding expectations, and that was kind of Darren Waller and how that plays an effect on those pass catchers and players around him. Because essentially, you know, Brian Edwards went over his receiving total, but he didn't necessarily go over his reception total. Henry Ruggs was on under for both of them. You know, Derek Carr essentially kind of leaned under in a lot of those situations. So it's kind of interesting to see um, when one player explodes. The rest of the thing, the rest of the situations kind of end up being on the underside. So I don't yeah. know. There's just a lot of uh, intricacies happening within uh, the player prop market. I would say, especially this year, just re- and related to injuries. Um, even though that there's kind of been some high scoring games here. So is there any sort of things that you're maybe tweaking, changing about? You know, some initial things or just some more things that you're kind of thinking of in the player prop market. Yeah, it's interesting because on Sunday night football there was an o- the game went well over, and I think we were we lost a little bit on Sunday night on the site. Thursday night we won a little bit on the site, I believe, and the ga- that game went over too. And then last, you know, on on Monday's game, you know, the the total went over, but we ended up winning. That's probably a good sign for the model, but at the same time, like we're you know. It, you know, there's so much unknown, right? We've we've been pretty upfront by the fact that we're reducing home field advantage by about a point and a half um, across the league. Um, I think we have to raise totals a little bit at least in our in the in the fantasy models that build the player props tool. 
um, just because we're just seeing, you know, you know, the average game in the NFL right now is 50 points. And that could be noise, be a ton of noise there. But I think you'll probably see fewer unders, uh, you know, as the season progresses um, here, just because, uh, you know, we're, we're going to make a small adjustment. And then once the data comes in, the, you know, that data will probably carry the day uh, for 2020. Yeah, it is interesting. There's a lot of just like model details of things that are coming out of being having the light kind of showing on them in 2020 where there's just maybe just a little bit of hacking or you know something along those lines because there's just a lot of things to take into account that we've never actually really seen before in our historical data set so that obviously influences some of the decisions and ways that we're going about building models so that's good i know we've also seen a lot of scoring in the college game actually which is kind of interesting we were kind of leaning towards unders right away in a lot of our write-ups and picks that seem to be in that case but i do think in that regard as well we are we are hitting a lot of overs and we've seen a lot more scoring i don't know if it's necessarily just because the defense is behind the offense or something else but i do think that um maybe gravitating away from at least game total unders and stuff like that until we kind of get a sense of where we're at from a scoring perspective is definitely a good idea as well don't you yeah i mean at the same time like the picks on the you know in green line college have been up something like 14 units the last two weeks and i don't think we've had an over in all of them right you wrote up uh, Oklahoma State last week was 66 was the total. I right. think what did the game ends? 16-7, uh, like so yeah, 23 total points. Yeah, the, the ones that we lost on were you know, the, the Louisville game against Miami. But that game, you know, went under the first half total. It just you had the explosion of scoring, uh, you know, in the second half of the game. And then we had the UCF game, which the first half was bonkers in terms of scoring. There was no scoring in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, UCF ran away from Wake Forest. So... But, you know, you looked at other things, Middle Tennessee under hit, I believe, yeah. what was it, the Texas State under hit. So there were, there's been as many unders, I think, and, and to our, I think, our benefit. Underdogs have had their day. I mean, we had Boston College by the time everything closed. Um, you know, uh, I believe Navy, too, coming back from the dead. So it's been an interesting year. I think the, the, the home field advantage has been, and I, I have to calculate, the home field advantage in the NFL has actually been fine. I think home field advantage in college has all but disappeared so far. Right, yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing as well. I think the other one that I wrote up was North Carolina State. That game was just over from the get-go, basically. I think that had a low total in general, and I think they almost went over it by the first half. But yeah, I mean, I think in general, it seems like the green line model has been on, um, which has been exciting to see, especially from the college football level, which is great. So if you had to choose one game that you're definitely going to be tuned into on Saturday, what one are you looking at? What one have you already probably gotten down a little bit of cash money on here to start the week off? I'm gonna go yeah, West Virginia versus um, Oklahoma, or yeah, Oklahoma State. Um, that is uh, over a touchdown. I got it at eight and a half earlier in the week. It, it's what's the number now? Eight is as it moved in our yeah, direction. Yeah, seven here. around. It's seven and a half again. I think. Yeah, I'm seeing it all over the board a little bit. So it opened up at eight and a half. We have eight and a half on Pentacle. I would say, which is kind of you know the market yeah. definition at this point. But I am seeing a couple of rogue seven and a halves as well. So seven and a half, eight. I think. Pentacle's actually the highest at eight and a half. So I don't know. I do think it kind of there's a lot of things pending with relation to how Spencer Saunders is actually going to um, perform here. If he's even going to be able to go, I know he's probably, I think he was in a walking boot today. Um, sounds like he's potentially going to try and give it a go, at least from a practice perspective tomorrow, taking the boot off, seeing how he's going. Um, that's words directly from Mike Gundy at this point. So who knows how reliable that actually is. Um, but we will see. So yeah, I do. Yeah. I think if we can get information related to that, I'd, but I would see, I think if he's out, 
I think we're going to see this number probably drop, move closer to seven. If he's playing, I think we're probably going to hold steady here at eight and a half. So at eight and a half, what side are you leaning on at that point? Yeah, I mean, I like West Virginia. Jarrett uh, Doge, you know, he was really good in his first outing, uh, albeit against an FCS team, but, you know, 76% completion, 93.1 overall grade, three touchdowns, um, even had two drops. Um, and, you know, he, he's kind of, he, he transferred from Bowling Green in 2019. He played, you know, four games near the end of the season. And, you know, th- three of those games had a grade over 70, right? And so um, I think you're, right here, you're in a situation where you're probably getting the better quarterback, uh, you know, getting a ton of points. And in college football, like, you know, that's not everything. In fact, it's less of a thing in college football than the NFL. But I feel like, you know, when you look at Spencer Sanders, even if he does play, he's a guy, you know, you're, I mean, you know, completion percentage under 65 relies, I think, a lot on big plays, 11 interceptions last season, um, you know, took 14 sacks, which is not so bad. But like, again, I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback and, you know, and, and the injury I think will, will hamper him. So, um, you know, West Virginia has a week off. Oklahoma state doesn't, uh, to me, I think that this is a pretty good play for the dog here. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, Spencer Saunders, even if he did go, like you said, they only put up 16 points. It was projected, you know, 66 point over under, I think they're, um, you know, expected outcome from a team perspective pre-game was I think 35 points so um, they definitely didn't perform up to expectation they definitely didn't cover um, and they're definitely coming off what we would probably define as a short week in college football at this point in 2020 so I'm definitely with you on that um, another game I'm kind of wanting to get your questions on I think it's probably going to be you know defined as the game of the week at this point we have SEC teams we have Kentucky at Auburn Two teams in our top 25 finally facing off in a college football season coming up in week four. I can't wait for it. So are there any things that that you think um, we could see from this game or any lines that you'd like at this point? Yeah, I like Kentucky against the spread as well. You know, you're you're catching more than a a touchdown here. Uh, I believe the numbers moved in our direction as well. And this one, um, you're getting for Kentucky a a very plucky team last season that we bet a lot, even though their quarterback, Terry Wilson, was out, you know, after week two. Um, he's a guy, you know, you, you know, completed over two-thirds of his passes in 2018. He did throw a lot of interceptions, and but he had, you know, he was felled by 12 drops. You know, so, you know, if he can ascend and be that quarterback that he started last season with, with the 76th grade through those two games, uh, I think he's underrated here in in a matchup against Bo Nix, who I know Nix has all the the fan fairies, you know, uh, a big, you know, big tall guy at 6'2", 207. But we didn't see it a season ago, right? Like he had, what, one, two, three games with a grade over 80, and those were against Kent State, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. Um, He was okay against Alabama when they upset them uh, with Mac Jones, but then again, in the bowl game against Minnesota, a game that we were on Minnesota money line and uh, against the spread, like he only he averaged less than seven yards per pass attempt um, and threw only one touchdown. In fact, you know his last four games of last year against Georgia, Samford, Alabama, and Minnesota, all games under seven yards per pass attempt. Um, you know, and he only had one, two, three, four, five games over seven yards per pass attempt you know, the whole season. I just think he's a little bit overrated. You're going to have to see a lot of improvement from him to warrant, I think, laying this price with the Auburn Tigers. 
Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting, too. Our opponent is just a grades. We have Kentucky fourth overall in the offense, Auburn sixth. So I definitely think we are siding with Terry Wilson as the better quarterback in this matchup. I know we probably will get a lot of flack for that, especially if Kentucky doesn't cover. But I am in agreement with you. I think Bo Nix um, gets a lot of fanfare, but hasn't necessarily shown um, to be that quarterback that actually is deserving of a that, lot of that, fumbles too and and you know college football turns a lot on these turnovers more so than the nfl i think because they're more frequent and, and nicks has really struggled in that department his fumble grades 30.1 uh that's just a lot of giving up the football yep yep so if you had to choose spread or money line at this point are you taking this taking the spread because it's at seven and a half if it drops on to seven are you looking more towards the money line in that situation or uh what is what do you think is the appropriate play here yeah, I think with college football, you, you really do have to consider um, the fact that key numbers don't matter necessarily as much uh, as they do for the NFL because the games are so much higher scoring. Um, so if you you know you sort of get down in that seven, that push probability is not that high. Um, so maybe just trade the points for the variance and take the money line, um, you know, which sets people up. I think if you're looking for like a really fun, uh, you know, really big payout this, you know, this weekend, you can think about, uh, you know, a money line parlay, um, you know, between Kentucky uh, and the West Virginia team we just talked about. Yeah. The party party start and parlay at that point, I think, is what you could be could define it as. So yep. that's good. I love that. Um I don't know. Let's, I mean, since it's coming up quickly, since, you know, of course we have Thursday night football, we've got, you know, Jacksonville, Miami coming up, but we also have another matchup. We have this UAB Blazers at South Alabama Jaguars. These are actually two teams that I think both of us have become quite fond of in certain situations. I know South Alabama covered for us early in the year on one of my uh, written picks um, to start the season. I know UAB was a team that we backed consistently. Um, in 2019 uh, i know they haven't necessarily been a play for us at all to start 2020 unfortunately but this is kind of an intriguing matchup um from my perspective i'm wondering if you're getting any insight into anything or you know just wanted to look for it from a rooting interest yeah south alabama you know we had a money line well not yeah we we had a money line play on them that would have been a lot of fun if it would have hit um against uh Tulane and they you know they they had an 18 point lead and gave it up they ended up still covering the number we're I think just shy here I think of taking UAB uh, a team that you know has played quite a bit this year and you know I think is a lot better you know so we see you know uh Johnston as the quarterback and he's you know for once limiting negative you know turnover where he plays quite a bit this year um but they're a great defensive team and um you know, I see. You know, South Alabama has been good in the passing game, but I think UAB is probably the first team that can sort of shut them down. Um, you know, the eighth we have them as eighth in the country in terms of defense, just opponent adjusted. So they're very good. Um, total on this game forty-seven and a half. This is one where I think if the number gets to six, I'm going to take UAB uh, ATS here at six and a half. I'm going to wait a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I just talked about you know key numbers and everything, but right now we just. We show just a small, you know, negative edge, negative point one uh, on UAB. So if it moves a little bit towards uh, towards South Alabama, then I might, you know, come back over the top with UAB here. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is close. Like you said, we have 
negative 0.1% value at this point. But yeah, if it moves even from six to five, even though, you know, or six and a half to six, because six isn't that key of a number, but um, this number started at four and a half too. So moved up basically two points. Those two numbers between five and six are worth, you know, 3.1% at this point. I think six is just a little bit higher than five is worth. So if it gets down to that price, I do think we're probably are going to show a value, which yeah. I do think is probably playable. My, um, yeah, I don't see it though. I mean, I, th- I think UAB right now minus six and a half is minus 115. So we'd so have to see significant move. movement towards yeah. South Alabama and not just, I mean, you're, you're, you have to get that price all the way to like, you know, minus 115 on the South Alabama side to even right. think if you can get UAB minus six and a half minus 105, that's a play minus 115. Not so much. Uh, because again, it's all about small little percentages here and you're not getting that right now. Yeah, it sounds like the market's basically trying to hold off from actually moving to seven at this point then with the juice applied high, heavily to the minus six and a half. So we'll see if that movement happens. Unfortunately, if that does, there's probably no um, viable options at this point. So we'll see. Is there any other uh, intriguing college football games that you want to discuss? I mean, you know, we'll, you know, you guys you guys are going to talk about this, I believe, what, thir- Thursday night into Friday morning. Obvi- you know, there's a Friday night game. Um it, Middle Tennessee versus UTSA, right? Are we still it's we're still playing be. that game Friday night? I think it's still on at this point. So okay, yeah. I mean that one again. Um, you know we we like you know Middle Tennessee came through for us by getting drilled by Troy uh, in a in a game where betters like Middle Tennessee early in the week. It was you know they got some money. And there was some value ended up being on Troy, and not only did Troy beat them, but they 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 got us the under in that game. Um, in this one. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, UTSA played a, a really fun game against uh, Texas State two weeks ago. Uh, right. They covered the, you know, not only covered but won outright uh, as an underdog. Seven and um, a half I'm really point lo- underdog, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm really like, kind of looking forward to this um, just because, you know, I, I think both, te- you know, this, 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 this game might move up and down the field. So I don't know if there's anything bettable. I think I lean UTSA, um, but... Uh, you know, that's a game again where it's kind of standalone. You might want some action. Um, I would say, you know, for, you know, we don't have a player props model, but I would say we lean a little bit over here. So, so think about, you know, overs and player props in this game. Right. Definitely. I like that. Maybe some monkey knife fight action or something coming up here on Friday night football. So this was good. Um, Eric, I appreciate you joining me once again. This was fun. We talked a little bit about some player props on Monday night, uh, just some general strategy around player props, maybe a little bit of tweaks or changes coming up that you'll see in the 2020 season. And then uh, we dove into some college football action. So this was fun. Um, Once again, this was Ben Brown joined by Eric Eager uh, on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Boom.